0: Today on Commuter Bible, Ezra mourns the unfaithfulness of Israel and calls his people to repent. It's Ezra chapters 8 through 10 and Isaiah chapter 17. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. In our last episode, we were introduced to Ezra, a scribe in exile who had been trained in the law of Moses, and who had "...determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel." King Artaxerxes has expressly commanded Ezra to do just that. After we review some of the family heads who accompanied Ezra for the journey back to Jerusalem, we discover that even the leaders of those who had returned from exile had disobeyed the commands of the Lord by marrying foreign women. This was forbidden under the law of Moses and can be cited as one of the reasons Israel abandoned the Lord in the first place and pursued other gods. Ezra, chapters 8 through 10. These are the family heads and the genealogical records of those who returned with me from Babylon during the reign of King Artaxerxes. Gershom, from Phinehas' descendants, Daniel from Ithamar's descendants, Hattush from David's descendants, who was of Shechaniah's descendants, Zechariah from Parosh's descendants, and 150 men with him who were registered by genealogy, Eliohanai, son of Zerahiah, from Pehath-Moab's descendants, and 200 men with him. Shechaniah son of Jehaziel, from Zatu's descendants, and three hundred men with him. Ebed, son of Jonathan, from Aden's descendants, and fifty men with him. Jeshiah, son of Athaliah, from Elam's descendants, and seventy men with him. Zebediah, son of Michael, from Shephatiah's descendants, and eighty men with him. Obadiah, son of Jehiel, from Joab's descendants and 218 men with him. Shalomoth, son of Josephiah, from Bani's descendants, and 160 men with him. Zechariah, son of Bebai, from Bebai's descendants, and 28 men with him. Johanan, son of Hakatan, from Asgad's descendants, and 110 men with him. These are the last ones from Adonaiqam's descendants. And their names are Eliphelet, Jael, and Shemaiah, and sixty men with them, Uthai and Zachar from Bigvi's descendants, and seventy men with them. I gathered them at the river that flows to Ahava, and we camped there for three days. I searched among the people and priests, but found no Levites there. Then I summoned the leaders, Eleazar, Ariel, Shemaiah, El Nathan, Jerub, El Nathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, as well as the teachers Joerib and El Nathan. I sent them to Ido, the leader at Casiphia, with a message for him and his brothers, the temple servants at Casiphia, that they should bring us ministers for the house of our God. Since the gracious hand of our God was on us, they brought us Sherebiah, a man of insight from the descendants of Mali, a descendant of Levi, son of Israel, along with his sons and brothers, 18 men, plus Hashabiah, along with Jeshiah, from the descendants of Merari, and his brothers and their sons, 20 men. There were also 220 of the temple servants who had been appointed by David and the leaders for the work of the Levites. All were identified by name. I proclaimed a fast by the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us, our dependents, and all our possessions. I did this because I was ashamed to ask the king for infantry and cavalry to protect us from enemies during the journey since we had told him The hand of our God is gracious to all who seek him, but his fierce anger is against all who abandon him. So we fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and he was receptive to our prayer. I selected twelve of the leading priests, along with Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their brothers. I weighed out to them the silver, the gold, and the articles, the contribution for the house of our God that the king, his counselors, his leaders, and all the Israelites who were present had offered. I weighed out to them 24 tons of silver, silver articles weighing 7,500 pounds, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 gold bowls worth 1,000 gold coins, and two articles of fine gleaming bronze, as valuable as gold. Then I said to them, You are holy to the Lord, and the articles are holy. The silver and gold are a freewill offering to the Lord God of your ancestors. Guard them carefully until you weigh them out in the chambers of the Lord's house before the leading priests, Levites, and heads of Israelite families in Jerusalem. So the priests and Levites took charge of the silver, the gold, and the articles that had been weighed out to bring them to the house of our God in Jerusalem. We set out from the Ahava River on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. We were strengthened by our God, and he kept us from the grasp of the enemy and from ambush along the way. So we arrived at Jerusalem and rested there for three days. On the fourth day, the silver, the gold, and the articles were weighed out in the house of our God into the care of the priest Merimuth, son of Uriah. Eleazar, son of Phinehas, was with him. The Levites, Jozabad, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Binui, were also with them. Everything was verified by number and weight, and the total weight was recorded at that time. The exiles who had returned from the captivity offered burnt offerings to the God of Israel, along with twelve male goats as a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering for the Lord. They also delivered the king's edicts to the royal satraps and governors of the region west of the Euphrates, so that they would support the people and the house of God. After these things had been done, the leaders approached me and said, The people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, have not separated themselves from the surrounding peoples whose detestable practices are like those of the Canaanites, Hethites, Parasites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. Indeed, the Israelite men have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons so that the holy seed has become mixed with the surrounding peoples. The leaders... And officials have taken the lead in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this report, I tore my tunic and robe, pulled out some of the hair from my head and beard, and sat down devastated. Everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel gathered around me because of the unfaithfulness of the exiles, while I sat devastated until the evening offering. At the evening offering, I got up from my time of humiliation with my tunic and robe torn. Then I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, My God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face toward you, my God, because our iniquities are higher than our heads, and our guilt is as high as the heavens. Our guilt has been terrible from the days of our ancestors until the present. Because of our iniquities, we have been handed over, along with our kings and priests, to the surrounding kings and to the sword, captivity, plundering, and open shame as it is today. But now, for a brief moment, grace has come from the Lord our God to preserve a remnant for us and give us a stake in his holy place. Even in our slavery, God has given us a little relief and light to our eyes. Though we are slaves, our God has not abandoned us in our slavery. He has extended grace to us in the presence of the Persian kings, giving us relief so that we can rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. Now, our God, what can we say in light of this? For we have abandoned the commands you gave to your servants, the prophets, saying, The land you are entering to possess is an impure land. The surrounding peoples have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness by their impurity and detestable practices. So do not give your daughters to their sons in marriage, or take their daughters for your sons. Never pursue their welfare or prosperity. So that you will be strong, eat the good things of the land, and leave it as an inheritance to your sons forever. After all that has happened to us because of our evil deeds and terrible guilt, though you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have allowed us to survive, should we break your commands again and intermarry with the peoples who commit these detestable practices? Wouldn't you become so angry with us that you would destroy us, leaving neither remnant nor survivor? Lord God of Israel, you are righteous, for we survive as a remnant today. Here we are before you with our guilt, though no one can stand in your presence. Because of this, while Ezra prayed and confessed, weeping and falling face down before the house of God, an extremely large assembly of Israelite men, women, and children gathered around him. The people also wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah son of Jehiel, an Elamite, responded to Ezra. We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the surrounding peoples. But there is still hope for Israel in spite of this. Therefore, let's make a covenant before our God to send away all the foreign wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the command of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Get up. For this matter is your responsibility, and we support you. Be strong and take action. Then Ezra got up and made the leading priests, Levites, and all Israel take an oath to do what had been said. So they took the oath. Ezra then went from the house of God and walked to the chamber of Jehohanan son of Eliashib, where he spent the night. He did not eat food or drink water because he was mourning over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. They circulated a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles should gather at Jerusalem. Whoever did not come within three days would forfeit all his possessions according to the decision of the leaders and elders and would be excluded from the assembly of the exiles. So all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered in Jerusalem within the three days. On the twentieth day of the ninth month, all the people sat in the square at the house of God, trembling because of this matter and because of the heavy rain. Then the priest Ezra stood up and said to them, You have been unfaithful by marrying foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Therefore, make a confession to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the surrounding peoples and your foreign wives. Then all the assembly responded loudly. Yes, we will do as you say. But there are many people, and it is the rainy season. We don't have the stamina to stay out in the open. This isn't something that can be done in a day or two, for we have rebelled terribly in this matter. Let our leaders represent the entire assembly. Then let all those in our towns who have married foreign women come at appointed times, together with the elders and judges of each town, in order to avert the fierce anger of our God concerning this matter. Only Jonathan, son of Azahel, and Jaziah, son of Tikva, opposed this, with Meshulam and Shabbathai, the Levite, supporting them. The exiles did what had been proposed. The priest Ezra selected men who were family heads, all identified by name, to represent their ancestral families. They convened on the first day of the tenth month to investigate the matter and by the first day of the first month, they had dealt with all the men who had married foreign women. The following were found to have married foreign women from the descendants of the priests, from the descendants of Jeshua, son of Jozadak and his brothers, Messiah, Eliezer, Jerob, and Gedaliah. They pledged to send their wives away, and being guilty, they offered a ram from the flock for their guilt. Hanani and Zebadiah from Emmer's descendants. Messiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jehiel, and Uzziah from Haram's descendants. Elioni, Messiah, Ishmael, Nethanel, Jozabad, and Elasa from Pashur's descendants. The Levites Jozabad, Shimei, Kaliah, that is Kalida, Pethahiah, Judah, and Eliezer. The singers, Eliashib. The gatekeepers, Shalom, Telem, and Uri. The Israelites, Perosha's descendants, Ramiah, Isaiah, Malkijah, Mishaman, Eliezer, Malkijah, and Benaiah. Elam's descendants, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiel, Abdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah. Zatu's descendants: Elioni, Eliashib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziza. Bebi's descendants: Jehohanan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Athli. Bani's descendants: Meshelam, Malak, Adiah, Jashub, Sheel, and Jeremoth. Pehath-Moab's descendants. Adna, Chalal, Benaiah, Mesiah, Mataniah, Bezalel, Binui, and Manasseh. Haram's descendants. Eliezer, Ishijah, Malkijah, Shemaiah, Shimeon, Benjamin, Malak, and Shemariah. Hashem's descendants. Matani, Matata, Zabad. Eliphlet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shimei. Bani's descendants: Medai, Amram, Uul, Baniah, Bedeah, Chaluhi, Benaiah, Meramoth, Eliashib, Mataniah, Matani, Jesu, Bani, Binui, Shimei, Shalemiah, Nathan, Adiah, Machnadabai, Shashai. Shariah, Azarel, Shelemiah, Shemariah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph. Nebo's descendants, Jeel, Mattathiah, Zabad, Zabina, Jadai, Joel, and Benaiah. All of these had married foreign women, and some of the wives had given birth to children. Isaiah chapter 17 A pronouncement concerning Damascus Look, Damascus is no longer a city. It has become a ruined heap. The cities of Aruwer are abandoned. They will be places for flocks. They will lie down without fear. The fortress disappears from Ephraim and a kingdom from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the splendor of the Israelites. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. On that day, the splendor of Jacob will fade, and his healthy body will become emaciated. It will be as if a reaper has gathered standing grain, his arm harvesting the heads of grain and as if one had gleaned heads of grain in Rephaim Valley. Only gleanings will be left in Israel, as if an olive tree had been beaten, two or three olives at the very top of the tree, four or five on its fruitful branches. This is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. On that day, People will look to their Maker and will turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will not look to the altars they have made with their hands or to the asherahs and shrines they have made with their fingers. On that day, their strong cities will be like the abandoned woods and mountaintops that were abandoned because of the Israelites. There will be desolation for you have forgotten the God of your salvation and you have failed to remember the rock of your strength. Therefore you will plant beautiful plants and set out cuttings from exotic vines. On the day that you plant, you will help them to grow and in the morning you will help your seed to sprout. But the harvest will vanish on the day of disease and incurable pain. Ah, the roar! Of many peoples. They roar like the roaring of the seas. The raging of the nations, they rage like the rumble of rushing water. The nations rage like the rumble of a huge torrent. He rebukes them, and they flee far away, driven before the wind, like chaff on the hills, and like tumbleweeds before a gale. In the evening, sudden terror. Before morning, it is gone. This is the fate of those who plunder us and the lot of those who ravage us. That is the end of Ezra, but we're continuing onward into Nehemiah. As mentioned before, Ezra and Nehemiah were originally one book, so it makes sense for us to read them back to back without interruption. If you have yet to write a review for Commuter Bible, what are you waiting for? What's that? Oh, you're driving. What's that? You, your kids are screaming, right? I get it. It's cool. All right. Gotcha. No worries. Well, when you can, please take a minute to write a quick review on Apple podcasts or Facebook. And thank you so much in advance. Those reviews help this show get noticed. So thanks. Well, today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.